Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of VR Gamers Podcast. This is Brent, and I'm here with Gwen and Brian. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. How are you doing? What's up, everybody? Uh, so, Gwen, you just had an adventure. You went to Alaska for a week or so. Uh, how, how did that? How did that work out for, for you? Oh, it was great. It was great. So, Alaska is really my my dreamland. That's where I want to spend uh, the majority of my time, if possible. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of work up there. So. I ended up going up there for uh, little bits and starts. But, yeah, I was up in Alaska doing a little bit of um, scouting for a, a moose hunt in September. And uh, Sorry. I understand the VR world is really exciting up there in Alaska. They're all, they're all just uh, VRing like they live in uh, in the rest you, of the continental U.S. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that people didn't even know what it was. So I have to be honest. I was staying in a cabin that it barely had electricity. It didn't have indoor plumbing. Oh. <laughs> uh, so VR was sort of out of the question. There wasn't quite a bit of, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, broadband up there. But um, I don't know. I, I can imagine in five, ten years that VR takes off in Alaska when people want to experience what it's like to live in civilization. But as of yet, not a whole lot of presence. You know what? They could just have a Gear VR hanging at, on the uh, the outhouse door, and so you strap that on, and then you look down. It's like you're in a re- real toilet. Right. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, there's the flush right there. It's like a, a monogram toilet area. Right, right, right. And all the mosquitoes are gone. There's no bears. <laughs> so we also had a week off because of the uh, the holiday, the July Fourth holiday, and and I think we were all just busy doing other stuff and not playing very much VR. So. Uh, congratulations on existing another year, United States of America, and uh, and let's get into some VR stuff. You guys got some news you want to talk about? What do you got, Brian? Okay, so I was looking around, and it looks like the the VR Teamworks is a, a a thing that is developed by Volkswagen, and it's it's another business application that's going to allow users to uh, log in and have like a virtual presence meetings, which it looks like it's going to be cool. They say that they're going to use it to collaborate like with the Volkswagen uh, partnerships. So I think that's Audi and Porsche. Is it Porsche? I don't I don't really know much about Volkswagen, but they're going to so they'll be able to collaborate across all of their uh, auto manufacturers and meet up in virtual reality. So, so it, in my mind, I'm picturing like a sort of an Ember type situation where uh, where you have the, uh, the the big boss is like the Ember and he's just standing in the middle uh, like a hologram. And uh, I don't I don't know if they've got the uh, the force zap built into it, but it could be it could be like, hey, that's a bad idea, zap. <laughs> yeah, we we all. I mean, if I were nerdy enough, I would know that it was called force lightning, but uh, I don't know what that is. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. As VR becomes a, a more standardized thing, it's definitely going to have more business applications as well as game applications. Um, fortunately, we don't care that much about business here. We just want games. <laughs> so I, I would like to hear about the first, uh, the first like um, uh, CFO of Volkswagen who gets force lightning by the CEO. Uh, <laughs> well, and... hopefully that's built in as an Easter egg. And if it's not, maybe they'll hear. <laughs> maybe someone will hear <clears throat> hear this episode and build it in. Yeah, the only news yeah. I wanted to talk about is I was I was happy to see that the uh, the X Games is going to be broadcast uh, on uh, Samsung Gear VR, so you can watch it. Uh, I think they're partnered with an online resource. I don't know if it's YouTube. Um, you can look into it if you're interested in that. So if you're a fan of X Games and you want to see like uh, really up close uh, bike tricks and skateboarding nonsense and that sort of thing, then uh, then VR is going to be available for that. And the, the, what what excites me about that is. As these kind of on the edge sports take advantage of VR, uh, I, I hope that that means that the that the more standardized sports that have a larger fan base do, because that's just something that's going to help build the VR brand. 
And, uh, you know, we all have phones. Um, well, a lot of us have phones that are capable of VR nowadays. So it, it seems silly that they not take advantage of that and they not give us something to look forward to that's not just your standard um, gaming and, uh, and, you know, telecommunication stuff. So I, I look forward to that. I would love to, I would love to watch a, a Super Bowl completely in VR where, where you've got uh, like a, maybe a VR camera on the, the quarterback's headset or something and you can, you can watch what he's seeing in, in real time. That would be really, really cool, and I, I would love to do that. Yeah, that so in, like in these types of in, the, in these types of implementations, is there a dist- is there a difference between like VR versus like three sixty uh, video? Well, you know, th- there are a lot of people that just interchange those terms. So I think in in this case, it's just going to be like three sixty video. Um, yeah. But if they were to, they, I'm sure that they come up with applications that 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 were full on virtual reality that uh, yeah. that you could feel like you were a part of what was going on. Uh, rather than just a spectator whose head just happened to be sitting in the middle of the action. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, there, there are smarter people than I that are working on that. And, uh, and, hopefully, and hopefully we come up with some really mind-blowing, interesting stuff. I know a couple of years ago they did the, maybe 10 years ago, they did the, the, uh, the, 3D, the 3D camera during the Super Bowl where it zooms around the, the screen and then they could, they could replay certain plays. If the cameras were in the right place, they could replay a play. And they could twist the camera around, so sort of like um, uh, what is it called, Matrix style, you know, like bullet right. time style. And you can see, like, uh, uh, I remember they did it in the Super Bowl where I think the Giants and the Ravens played, and Kerry Collins was running, and, and they twisted the camera around, and they got totally decked, and you can see him kind of go back like Neo in the Matrix, but not in a defensive way, <laughs> more in a getting knocked the fuck out way. I think that's what happened, but I could be making right. that up. No, it, no, it, it feels that's like something that's I would make up. <laughs> they did a lot. No, they did a lot of that in the NBA uh, playoffs this year too. I think they've been doing it in the NBA all, all all year last season. Yeah, and it looks like they just have a, a you know I don't know probably ten twenty cameras uh, that are you know videotaping or they're you know recording the action and then they're using some sort of a program to sort of um, fill in the images when they rotate from one camera angle to the other. And I think that if they were able to do that live, so clearly they can't do it live, but they're doing it very quickly. I think if they were able to do that live and you had enough cameras, then you could actually get to a VR experience where you could walk around a baseball diamond or, you know, warp around a football uh, pitch. So that would be, I agree. That would be super fun to be sitting in, like, the NBA court watching everything going on. Man, you just said football pitch. And for a moment, I thought you were talking about American football, football field, until you said me. pitch. <laughs> and then I was like, it doesn't oh, matter. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of the sport, whatever you fancy. Yeah, whatever um, you fancy. Okay, I think you're you're still going for the European angle whenever you say whatever you fancy. You know what? You make a good point. I should apologize <laughs> to all the listeners. You're going to hear some Britishisms and Europeanisms in my, in my language. I did live in Europe for 10 years. And oh, so that's, that's I came back to the States with a, a slightly uh, modified version of English. So apologies for that. You're like, I can't, I can't believe how much dosh this costs. And <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get into some games. Uh, Gwen, what did you play after you got back from your uh, your elk elk scavenging uh, trip? Sure, I guess the first thing I'll talk about is uh, Echo Arena. Ah. Um, Echo Arena has first of all, it's, it's Oculus only. That said, it does work with Revive, um, and they have a beta going on right now. It's not an, it's a closed beta, so I don't think everybody can get in just yet. But it feels like this is a near launch, so maybe in the next months maybe two months i think it it is open beta this time wasn't this, it, oh, is it open beta yeah this i weekend think so oh you're right you're right this weekend is an open beta that's correct 
Um, and so, it ends on Tuesday. Oh, does it really? Okay, so I would encourage anybody. Well, let's get this out quickly so people can go go have a look. <laughs> but um, it's being it's developed by uh, Ready at Dawn. There's no price announced yet, but uh, it is an Oculus title. Uh, like I said, it does work with Revive. And so I got into the op- the open beta, I guess it was. And uh, it, I have to say, man, this is one of the first games that really suggested to me that there could be a, a truly athletic esports uh, sort of a game. And it, I'll describe it a little bit. You first of all, it's based in in a zero gravity environment. You're not actually outside, but it feels like you're in some type of uh, you know large space capsule or something like that. And there's a handful of uh, objects and obstacles, and there's clearly the walls. And then there's a goal on both ends of the of the space. And so it's a team-based game. I think there's three. May, there may be four players possible. I was playing with three the whole time I did it on each on each side. And there's a little disc that you are trying to get in the opponent's goal. And there's actually two goals. There's a, a big goal and a smaller goal. The smaller goal is actually worth more points. Um, and so these players are just flying around in zero gravity, trying to grab this disc and uh, score on each other. And there's a handful of interesting features. One of them is it's more like it's like water polo. If anybody knows water polo, water polo is actually a brutal sport. If you watch it from underneath the water, there's people like kicking each other and trying to like pull each other under a lot of really it's almost like rugby or or hockey but you just don't see very much of the action in water polo but in in this game obviously you do and so what you can do is you can if someone's chasing the the disc that you're trying to get you can grab them from behind and you can either like launch off them so you sort of yank them back and and propel yourself forward or you can knock them out like literally with a punch to the head you can knock them out <laughs> and so you're dazed for i don't know five seconds while, while your opponent sort of uh, goes and gets the disc um, and then there's passing, and there's you can launch yourself off these different discs, or sorry, off these different obstacles just by grabbing them, very climby style. Uh, and you also have these thrusters. You have like a, a main thruster and like a small thruster, so you can use your hands to sort of uh, sort of push you around, either by uh, swinging off things or, or by using the thrusters themselves. And man, it was the first game that I played. Where I was like. Oh my God! These people are just clearly more athletic than I am. <laughs> They're just better at moving their body. You know, I'm actually not the most coordinated person on the planet, so I'm used to getting my ass kicked in lots of finesse games. But this was a very new experience in VR. The other thing I realized is I need a bigger play space because <laughs> you end up swinging your hands around and and really sort of flying around at really high speeds and multiple. Actually. I broken air conditioner i just broke the vent right out of it so i was like oh, okay and then you're gonna expand your play space a little bit but um an awesome game really awesome game plenty of bugs right now and i think it's very much a beta uh, i had a black screen of death probably five times before i even got into a game but once i did get into a game i got into multiple games uh, over the course of uh, a couple of days so uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what it becomes and there's already players out there that are wicked good at this so uh, i expect that this will be a very competitive uh, game in, in the very near future now I, yeah, didn't, I, I I didn't play this game, but I think it was up to five five on five. That was how it was billed. I'm not is sure it five about on that. Five? But oh, it, it may be it may be limited by the number of players that are online and how many people can can join a game at a particular time. I don't know about that. Brian, do you know? I don't know how many people are uh, allowed in an arena, but uh, I did get a chance to play this game as well, and and it's really really good. I, my biggest fear is that this game's going to cost 40 or 50 bucks and it's going to suffer the fate of most online games where people just aren't playing it. Hopefully that won't happen. Um, 
I, I, if it's free, then I can see it not being a big deal to the Vive community that it's revive only right now too. But uh, yeah, there was a there's a really cool mechanic in this game where every time you score a goal, it starts you over in your little team uh, locker room kind of thing. So you you fly into one of the launch tubes and and you can actually load up like you're uh, in the military and you're about to break a door down. Like everybody just you grab on like the front the lead man will will grab this little ring this little disc and he'll hold on to it and then you can grab that person's back and your other teammates can also grab on the back. And then uh, when the launch countdown starts, you punch the launch button, which is in the center of the ring with your other hand. And so you all three can launch out at once, and then you can all use the main boost and get really good speed and just go straight for the thing. So I, I thought that was a, a really cool touch. And um, the uh, the gripping in this game is sticky grip, so if you grab something, you have to grab uh, grab the uh, grip again to, to get off. And... Uh, it's. I can see this being a big deal if it is priced right, and uh, as long as they don't, you know, update it so that it doesn't support revive, and it would be kind of shooting themselves in the foot since uh, they would be taking half their player base and getting rid of it. Well, and I, 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 I I'm with Gwen. I think uh, you know if it, if it launches at forty bucks, they're screwed. If they if they launch it. Um, at near free or a bundle or something like that, then, then they're going to be okay. I, I heard a, a, um, an interview recently with one of the Rocket League heads, and they were talking about you know how amazingly successful Rocket League is and that sort of thing and how it's the next big eSport. Um, and through most of the interview, I was just like, are they ever going to mention like the elephant in the room of why Rocket League uh, got popular real, real quick on console? And that was because it was, it was bundled free with uh, if you had a PlayStation Plus membership. So there were like an entire world of PlayStation Plus members just had that game. And right. so I, I remember I, I, I and a bunch of friends of mine just started playing it because we're like, it's free, it's new, let's play it. And, uh, and immediately the servers were full of people and everyone was enjoying it. Everyone was learning the mechanics of the game. And had it come out at $25 or $30 on day one, um, and it wasn't, and it wasn't PlayStation Plus. I wouldn't have played it. None of those friends would have played it, and maybe some people would have gotten around to it eventually. But um, yeah, I think with with a game like this that you want to turn into an esport and you want to get uh, a lot of people involved, you have to price it affordably or or pack it in as a bundle or something like that. Yeah, we're gonna need to see it. I, I mean, in in all reality, it depends on what they want to do. Do they want to make money with the game uh, initially? Then sure, sell it for forty bucks, even twenty bucks. But if they want people playing it and they want to uh, maybe sell uh, team packs where you can buy stuff for your your team and you just buy the uh, microtransaction things to deck out your characters with cool new costumes, then give it away for free. Maybe ten bucks would be a, a good price point where you're going to see a lot of people playing. But that is going to be the make or break and nobody knows how much it's going to be yet because it's still it, it, the price right. has not been announced so. well was it was that one of the games that was um partially funded by oculus um i mean yes, Ready at Dawn is, is a major studio but right. oculus has enough money that they don't necessarily need to make money off of this game well the fact that it's oculus exclusive suggests that there was some money that changed hands from you know uh, o- oculus facebook whatever to right. ready at dawn I wouldn't understand why they would limit their, their player base otherwise. But um, like I said, it does work with Revive, and it doesn't, you know, talking with the developers. So I, I should say that one thing. When I was in the beta, it felt like 
maybe 70% of the players in the beta that was were working with the actual developer or, or were developers themselves because I was talking to a guy and I was like, oh man, I can't get into the game. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go restart the server in a couple minutes. <laughs> 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 um, and, and that may explain why they're so goddamn good at it too because the games I played in, I was continually the troll <laughs> it's just i ended up just resorting to just trying to grab someone and punch them just because that's the only thing i could really do but um... i had that problem some with quiver early on where uh, where i would get in games when it was in you know alpha or whatever and i would get in games and i would just be way way worse than the guy that was playing and then it would turn out he was he was one of the developers and I'm like mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel so bad i was like i'm just yeah. not miserable at this game you're just real good at the game right um, for any developers listening I, I would recommend it wasn't actually a great it was a great experience but it could have been better if i was playing against other new testers as opposed to you know five devs and, and, and myself looking like an idiot out there. So keep that in mind if you're trying to attract uh, users. Maybe don't blow them out of the water the first time they jump in. So if, you, right, if so... you tweet Gwen about this, just tweet him a get good. Get good, <laughs> Guantanamo. You can, you can tweet me at, at Gwen Brown. It looks like the Echo Arena will be free when it launches for a limited time. Uh, so Make your Oculus account. Pick it up for free. Uh, it is definitely worth going through the revive. Uh, it's not even that big of a hassle. Like like Gwen and I both had the same problem. You would load into the game and get the black screen. Uh, you just reset everything. Uh, I restarted my computer. I had that once. And then one time I was doing good and I lagged out. So there are some network issues as well right now. But I highly recommend this game, especially since anybody can pick it up for free when it launches. So we'll see if they take that away quickly or if they just let it go until people have uh, the service full. Well, you know, one of the, uh, one of the problems that we have with, with PC VR stuff is that uh, they, they just have not simplified it as much as the, uh, the, the consoles are simplified and, and you're always going to have some level of bullshit that you have to go through on the PC where you're like, ah, is the steam working? I got to mess with the sound card. What the sound's coming out of the computer now. I got to figure that. I mean, there's, there's always some nonsense that you could run into. I, the number one problem that I have with the PC versus say the PSVR is that the PSVR has that button that's in the upper right on the controller. Uh, I don't remember what it is, the start button or whatever. Um, and in all the PSVR games, if you hold down that button, it'll reset the uh, your your visual screen to that that angle that you're that you're pointed at right then. And there's no similar functionality on the Vive, and I I I wish there were because I've had many games where I've been in a situation where um, it read it read my presence as being at a different place than I was supposed to be. So then I mm-hmm. wanted to reset it, but I didn't. There's not a built-in functionality to do that on the Vive or the yeah. Oculus. So. Um, you know, little stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I yeah, ran it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so I was going to say that there was one. That was one feature uh, or one sort of uh, mechanic of uh, of Echo Arena that I do think needs to be revisited. And I don't know, I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on it as well. But um, for the main thruster, which is actually the thing you probably use the most uh, to move around, it is so you, you hit the button on the um, on your wand, or I guess on, on your controller. And it go it pushes you in the direction that you're looking, mm-hmm. and as opposed to the direction that your hand is pointing or something like that, which means you can't do the classic strafe, right? Like you can't right. be looking left and moving right. And I just found that I just I never find that intuitive. I, I can get used to it, but it always feels really arbitrary and unnatural. But I, I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. My thought I I actually liked that, and the reason why is because 
So your main thruster is on your back, and then you also have two small thrusters that are built into your wrist. So Correct. the small thrusters are for fine movement, and you, they, they'll take you wherever your hands are pointing, and you can use one to go kind of slow, or you can use both and get probably about half as fast as you can with your main thruster. The main thruster, that's probably why you felt like you were getting your butt kicked, because it's not good for fine uh, movements. It kind of just rockets you out of the way, and Mm-hmm. To, to really like I, I started using my small thrusters more often after f- the first few games and I, I started actually you know grabbing people and and doing the charge punch so I could disable them and stuff mm-hmm. and I was actually playing better with that so I think that that's really for just getting across the field once you're where once you're on your the side of the field where the uh, disc is you probably don't want to be using it as much you want to use those fine movements and and uh, do the grab and thrust, or the grab and throw yourself in that direction. So I, I like the the ability to thrust in a different direction than my fine movements is going. So you use them both in combination, kind of to strafe. So it sounds like you already did get Guggen, and uh, and Gwen is still on the outside looking. Yeah, maybe. Additionally, additionally, team. Go ahead. I met a, a, a like a, a team of two dudes who've been playing it for a while, I guess, and they they gave me some tips. So yeah, I mean, like uh, I was like, they're like, "Who's new?" I'm like, "Me," and they're like, "All right, this is what you got to do." So <laughs> we still got uh, beat, but you know, it wasn't as bad as the uh, first couple games I played. Well, I, well, I didn't. Put that to- <laughs> I, I will say, Gwen is l- probably less accustomed to doing the the look to move than Brian and I are because we're both PSVR people. And on PSVR, look look to move is very very common. So yes. if you're if you're in a game and it's not look to move, it's kind of a surprise. Um, oh, and on Vive, it's really uncommon to have look to move. But uh, correct, yeah. yeah. PSVR, it's it's you know pr- probably every other game is look to move. So um, mm. you know you just kind of get used to to dealing with that nonsense. I did get used to it over time, but I, I still felt like, you know, there's moments when I want to look back and figure out, like, who's chasing me at the same time be moving forward quickly. But um, I, I hear Brian's point that maybe the, the fine movement thrusters are probably better for most of the action. So I briefly yeah. talked about a problem that you can run into with uh, uh, with having your headset set at the wrong level or set facing the wrong direction. I had that problem with a game that we played this week, which was uh, Chess Ultra, which I don't know if you guys played or not. It's available on all the platforms, but I was playing it in Steam VR. And the very first time that I loaded it, I think my headset was sitting yeah, on my muted. couch. What's that? Oh, excuse me. Go ahead. The very first time I played it, it was seated on the couch. Uh, my headset was. <laughs> so whenever I loaded it up, um, the chessboard, which you're supposed to kind of sit down at and play, um, was all the way over there on the edge of my play space. And I couldn't get to the stuff. And then I, I backed out and I restarted the game. And it was really difficult to figure out how to get it reset. And that's why I was like, man, if this is if I was playing the PSVR version, I could just hold down that start button and it would be reset. But because of that, so Brent, I, go ahead. Let me blow your mind right now. Okay. Because that happened to me too. All right. Uh, I don't know if it's because Revive updated or maybe Steam updated. But uh, when I was doing something, I held the menu button. I, was, I think I was trying to get the Mages Tale to work, which will hopefully talk about after the chess ultra but you hold the top menu button down and it will give you a reset headset position option on that menu that pops up oh so i didn't it see could that be new it yeah. could be new um but i did notice that and and i did i did want to tell you about that 
Well, and this is not this is not a knock on the game. I'm just saying this is something that I ran into right, right. that um, that just reminded me that that's not a functionality that's necessarily built in. Uh, but well, I, that, I, I did get it I working. I think it's built into Steam now. I th- that's oh, what you're I'm saying, saying. You're you, saying now. Not, you, oh, yeah, that was game independent. So I think if you hold the Steam menu button down, the top menu button, it'll come up. Uh, after like three seconds, it'll come up with some options, and one of them is to reset your headset position. Wow. So, are, yeah, are, can good you stuff. concur with this, Gwen? Yeah. Uh, no, so I, I haven't had that same problem. Sorry, I was just I realized I had my my wrong mic mic going. I hope that's a little bit better. Um, but this is the yes, sexy no, mic. I, I haven't played. Thank I haven't you, played the chess. Sorry, I said this is the sexy mic. So thank you for switching. Uh, right. So. <laughs> um, well, Chess Ultra is a good game, and even if even if you couldn't get into it in the VR mode, if you bought the Steam version, you can play the standard PC version. You could you can open it up in Oculus or Steam or just like standard uh, non VR mode, and it is uh, an excellent game. I um I really liked it. I was a high school chess player, so I was on on chess team back in the day. And uh, so I always consider myself pretty good at it. I am not nearly as good now as I used to be, though. Um, but this game would help me kind of get back into the into the swerve if I wanted to. Now, this is a sequel to a game called Pure Chess that came out uh, that, was, that was a pretty good game with really strong AI. Uh, so this one has a full feature set, including, like, a tutorial. Um, there are uh, specific, like, move challenges, like one move, two move, three move, that... Are, are similar to like if you're playing a sports game and it's like oh you've got one one play to get 19 yards like fourth and 19 or whatever uh, which Patriots fans will recognize then uh, or I guess Giants fans <laughs> will also recognize um, it, it has challenges like that where you have to get mate and uh, you have to get checkmate in one move two move three moves that sort of thing and those are fun to play through it's also got historical games um, like classic historical historical games. Which, of course, we all have our favorite historical chess games that we can just think of off the top of our head. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You remember Kasparov in the uh, 88? God, that's such a great game. <laughs> well, that's actually a thing, so good job. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm serious. I actually, I, I yeah, actually read these chess matches every night. <laughs> actually, I have a, a, an uncle who does, so I know it's a thing, and I just never understood that. I'm not that smart. Well, I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the chess musical that came out back in the 80s, so... No uh, shit, you are a real chess geek. <laughs> well, you know that that musical actually had the had a number one hit for a uh, for an off Broadway uh, show, which was uh, that uh, one night in Bangkok. I don't know if you know that song, the old uh, the old pop song. Uh, anyhow, some viewers or some listeners will know it. Uh, but anyhow, the the point of the matter is, it's a good game. Um, it's in VR mode. It's a, it's blurry. Uh, I didn't love that. Did you run into that, Brian? I didn't really feel like it was blurry. Um, I, I liked it. I, I played on the... There was a mansion level I played on, and uh, it was just me, and the computer moved the pieces by itself. And then I played in, like, uh, uh, some stone rock hill thing against the Grim Reaper, which was cool, because I actually had an opponent in VR, and he was moving his pieces, and I was moving mine. Now, is that um, the same Grim Reaper from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Is that the uh, the same one that you could... <laughs> You could def- uh, well, I didn't, I didn't watch and... the credits, so I'm not positive, <laughs> but I'd assume, I'd assume so. Are you too young to get Bill Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Brian? No, I no, I am not. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I I don't I don't know if it's the same one. I didn't watch the credits to see uh, if it was the same Grim Reaper. 
<laughs> Anyhow, uh, I think all Grim Reapers are the same Grim Reaper, right? Like <laughs> the one real plus about Chess Ultra is that you can play it online, and it does have cross-platform play. So it's available on all the platforms, and you can really get on whatever platform you feel most comfortable playing. Now, whether you want to sit there and wear a headset and move pieces in VR uh, rather than just clicking on it in you know in a standard non-VR way um that's a question for you to answer you know chess games are uh, are famously long um so i can't imagine wanting to sit there and play them in vr generally um I, I i can't imagine wanting to play them and this this game also has a feature where uh if you're playing somebody um if you're playing somebody online you can shrink down the game and it will notify you it'll send you a notification whenever they make their next move uh, so you don't have to keep it live right there. You can go back to watching uh, Road to Perdition or whatever thing you're doing with your time and uh, and then go back to it after your opponent has made a move. So that's kind of cool. So you can, can you continue doing things in VR? Um, that I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a tendency to shut down my VR all the time whenever I'm not using it. So I didn't do that. But I know when I, when I close out of the, the program, it asks me, uh, do I want those uh, notifications to, to exist? Cool. I will say there's a lot of achievements in this game, too. So if you go through the tutorial mode, you do some of the challenges, you'll pop a bunch of achievements. So if you're a Steam achievement whore, then this is uh, probably a good game to consider. Yeah, I thought it was cool that it had, like, you could start a game and put it in a save slot. You could play through the game. You can save it and come back later. You can, uh, even when you finish the game, it saves it, so you can go back and review the moves and stuff like that. I thought that was a really neat uh, addition. And I don't play chess, so... You know, I I know the basics. I've played it before, but I'm not a a big chess guy. So, I, you know, if if I wanted to use this game, I could probably really improve my game um, once I got into the uh, medium uh, AI, where they're actually hard to beat instead of just making dumb moves. Yeah, and in, in, so, in this game, the tutorial mode doesn't. It's not a dumb tutorial mode. It, it teaches you like standard openings and that sort of thing, so that you're not left with just like, a, oh, this is what a rook does and this is what a queen does. Um, you, you can actually get some like standard openings and defensive postures and that sort of thing from what they offer in the game. Uh, so it, it's really a full featured chess game. It's not, it, you know, it's not a, uh, a cheap VR kind of like, let's just crap this chess game out. Um, they've, they've done a really good job with it. So Brett, do you, if in like a, a few words, what do you think VR adds to it? So, uh, you know, I know chess is notoriously, uh, uh, well, it's not very uh, image or, or visual heavy. A lot of uh, you know chess masters, in fact, will communicate their chess moves just in you know like I don't even know the notation, but it's like R thirteen to twenty eight or something like that. Right. Uh, so they don't even use any like even icons or images. So I'm curious, what what do you think VR brings to this chess game? Well, you get to play against death, of course. I mean, it has different, different <laughs> boards and whatnot and uh, surroundings. It's, it can be a cool-looking thing, but I know what you're saying. If you're a hardcore chess player, you don't even need a chess board to play chess. You can just, right. you know, rook to rook to queen four or whatever, and uh, and you'll know you'll have that map in your in your game. It becomes like a mathematical calculation computation rather than mm-hmm. an actual physical game that you're looking at. Um, I think if you let's say you had a child or something like that that you wanted to get into chess. And you didn't really know how to how to make that happen. You didn't know how to make that work out. Then VR would be something that might suck them in, and they would they would enjoy uh, you know doing that uh, a little bit more. Uh, plus, then they would be in the headset, and you could do whatever you wanted with your time. It's, <laughs> right. It's it's like watching your child at that point. You're like, okay, this 
this game is going to take him uh, probably an hour, so I can just sit over yeah. here and. You know. And he can't move further than the uh, the length of the <laughs> HDMI cord, so I'm pretty safe. I'll go uh, have a couple of beers and watch the baseball game. It's like all I, the people I, in rec room will thank you if you get your kid. Oh God! Ultra. <laughs> I, I feel like there's probably an opportunity for them to like really splash it up uh, and add like you know like the Mortal Kombat finishing moves every time you take a, a night or something like that. It feels like there's probably still some presentation things they could do to make that uh, a really fun title. Well, there's there's a bunch of different pieces that you can select. Um, you know, you can get like the jade pieces or different sculpted chest pieces and stuff like that, which is cool. And I mean, I thought it was cool. Uh, it's it's twelve ninety nine. So and it's a full chess game with VR support. It's not just in VR. And then they have the uh, tournaments and stuff like that. So I think it just adds to it. So you know, like okay, I've got I like chess. I buy this. My dad comes to visit. He likes chess. So I say, hey dad, check out my VR. I put him in chess. No All one's right. getting sick. Uh, you know, he can see how cool VR is. So it's it's kind of one of those things where yeah, you're probably right. Um, VR chess doesn't really add a whole lot to it. I didn't play online. Did you play online, Brent, against anyone? I did. I tried it online, and, and I, I didn't have any problem finding a game. So I don't know did if it, that's because of the cross-platform play or not. Did it provide a presence for you and your opponent in VR? Because that would be a cool feature if it if it does that. Like a physical embodiment? No. Yeah, no? I, I don't think it did. Um, but I it, don't remember, actually. I don't. I mean, think it, it did, did when I was playing Death. And I thought it was cool because, you know, it showed my hand grabbing the piece, and it showed Death's hand grabbing the piece. Actually, I wonder if I don't remember now if it showed my hand grabbing the piece, but it was you know I used my controller to pick up the piece and move it where I wanted to move it and stuff. Uh, yeah, now, I, I now that I think about fun. it, I don't remember. Um, but it is a it is a really nice fully featured game. I mean, you're saying it's a thirteen dollar game. We've gotten so used to having these kind of old school games be available on a cell phone for ninety nine cents or a couple dollars or something like that. So compared to that, thirteen dollars seems like a lot of money. But this would be a budget release um, if it were, you know, in the old days. So for $13 to get a fully featured, like fully functional, um, you know, VR-ready chess game, I think it's, that's pretty good. That, that has the multiplayer support and has the smart AI on top of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not even sure how much Chess Ultra was when it came out. I think it was probably more than that. So um, you're getting more features at a, at a lesser price, and that's pretty cool. You know, I, I was sort of questioning a little bit of the, the value of uh, a chess VR game, but in the end, I do buy into it. You know, I'm a backgammon player. I play a lot of backgammon, and I find even though backgammon is super, a super simple game, the ability to, like, buy new uh, boards and pieces and, and nice dice and stuff, there's a huge market for people, you know, people paying, like, $2,000 for a, a new uh, backgammon set just because it has different colors or different materials. So I can definitely see the allure of playing chess on uh, and VR for that reason. That sounds horrible. I can't imagine spending two thousand dollars for a for a, a different backgammon set. But backgammon's pretty. Funny. Well, they're mostly really rich bankers. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't so two thousand dollars in that market. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's just laying <laughs> on their on their uh... crowd. <laughs> right. All right. It, so that also reminds me of uh, table tennis. Have you guys played the eleven um, the game eleven table tennis? It's not new, but I'm just curious if you guys have played that. I have. Yeah, I have Is that the one that used to have not. a different name? I think that yeah, one had used, a different name used, before. What it used to be called? Yeah, it used to be, yeah, God, what is it, Pong VR or something like that? Something, yeah, something like, like that. that. 11 Table it's Tennis VR. Let me look and see. I, yeah, I have it, so I'm sure that I reviewed it on an, on an early episode. Uh, Pong Waves, that's what it was called. Pong Waves, exactly. Yeah, right. it's the same game, and so if you look at the, uh, 
if you look at the Steam listing, it says it says from the makers of, um, but I think it's just the same game that they've updated. Oh, it is. Yeah. I was playing it when they changed the name, and I was so confused because I was trying to find the game that I knew I had, and I couldn't find it. But right. I realized they had changed it. But just, and it sounds like you guys have already reviewed it, but just FYI, anybody who has not played that game and you like uh, table tennis, that is one of the best physics I've seen. And it, it really sort of brings out the value of the, the haptics and the controllers, because when you're actually rolling a ball, a ping pong ball around on your, on your um, paddle, it feels like you're actually doing it. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just glanced right. at one of the one of the existing reviews on Steam for uh, <laughs> for Eleven Table Tennis, and it says right. uh, opponent hits drop shot uh, off left side of the table. I dive for dive for drop shot, crash into wall. Ten to ten ten of ten would headbutt wall again. <laughs> 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 that sounds about right. Um, but it, what made me think of it is you guys are talking about playing against death. I always felt like I was playing against because the anybody who hasn't played that um, your opponent, or regardless of if it's a AI or or if it's a it can be PvP, uh, is essentially just a a floating Donnie Darko mask. <laughs> it looks like a, this really dangerous rabbit that's looking across from from the table from you, but. Anyway, but yeah, that reminds me of uh, of Racket NX. I think we've played some Racket NX. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about it. Go for it. So Racket NX, um, I checked this game out and I had fun with it, but I I do need a bigger play space to play Racket NX. I I found myself hitting the uh, dresser in my computer room where my printer is on <laughs> a lot, and um, it, it's it's a game that's going to give you a, a good workout, which is uh, something I'm into. I like uh, I, I like feeling like I'm getting some health benefits out of sitting on my butt and play, well standing in my computer room now and playing virtual reality. So it's it's a futuristic racquetball game. Um you're you're in like a dome or you know there's there's like holograms on the wall that you need to shoot or maybe not holograms but they're they're colored squared things. <laughs> yeah, they're these futuristic yeah. colored the, targets. Yeah. Yeah, they're psychedelic they're, like, they're psychedelic yeah. colored octagons, I think yeah. is what they are. Um, and they're they're everywhere. So and and basically, there's a wave of patterns that light up on the tile walls, and and you have to hit them all to advance the level or to beat the level. Um, and then it had like a cool little thing on the bottom, where if you could hit it into the uh, into this little area, it would reserve the ball up nice and slow for you, so you could rename right. it somewhere else. Um, yeah, it was like hitting it back into the uh, the tennis ball launcher. Right, like you hit it back, and then it goes into this little thing, and it comes about exactly, you know, in the exact same trajectory, same speed. So you have a, a nice one lined up for you. Right, and now my my big complaint about this game, other than uh, my space, which is not a game complaint, it's a me complaint, is the uh, I, I found myself wrapped up in my cord quite a bit with this. So this is this is one of the games that uh, I, I just found out that the. Uh, the advanced settings app that you can download for Steam VR will tell you how many times you've turned one way or the other, and so you can unwrap. <laughs> really? I didn't know. Yeah, I, I just found that out. I, I I just read that, and so that's this game is the perfect reason to have that app and and use it because I I was wrapped up quite a bit in in this game, and I had to lift my headset up and see which way I needed to un unwind, unwind, and um, yeah, it's it was a cool game though. I liked it. It is a great game. I think it's a, it's a game that really shows the uh, the value of having uh, 
you know, really strong physics because just like um, uh, 11 uh, table tennis VR, the difference between this being fun and being terrible is how precise is the tracking of your system because hitting a, a tennis ball or, or a racquetball or something like that, it really turns into like millimeters and the the angle and the speed and everything. And it does feel really accurate. I was very impressed. I'm a squash player myself. And um, so I was prepared to be disappointed in the actual mechanics and the, the sensitivity of, of the game and, and the system. But it was very impressive. Well, I mean... I think in VR, the, the number one thing that, that elevates VR above other types of things is that just the ability to represent uh, that, those real physics that, that you would encounter in the real world um, in, the, in the virtual space that's around you. So, you know, when you're playing the bow games or when you're playing the, these sorts of games where you hit a thing with a, with a paddle, um, or if you're, you're shooting, if you're you know, playing like a high-end shooting game where there's going to be bullet drop and that sort of thing. All, all that physics stuff, uh, that's, what, that's what makes it feel real. I mean, you're suddenly there. And if they get the physics wrong, it will never feel like you're there, and then it feels like a video game. If they get the physics right, even if the graphics aren't great or whatever, it feels like you're really there. So uh, I, I'm with you 100% on that one. Uh, the physics, you know, if, they, if they do the physics right, then you've got a good VR game. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, this game is, uh, is more like, a, um, like an eSport. Uh, in the yep. same way that uh, that Echo Arena was. So, what uh, what do you think are the chances of Racket and X being something that that takes off in that way? Good question. Well, I have to say, just judging by the user base, it seems to have fallen. So, this was launched when uh, in January, Jan- end of January already. And so it's been a while that it's been out there, and I've been on it a couple times, and I have no, I've never seen like a, a huge swell of players. The majority of the time I've played it, I've played it against you know basically just single player. Uh, it does support um, PvP, um, and so online multiplayer, and it also has single player modes. And really, I think I've only played with another player maybe one other time. I don't even remember, frankly, if I have. Um, so. I think the evidence suggests it's probably not taking off just yet, but I think it shows that there's there's opportunity just for a straight up tennis game. If you had a really good tennis game, there's enough tennis players out there. I think you could probably get uh, people playing just like you were, you were talking about with chess. I'm having a look right now. It looks like they they updated today uh, that they have a uh, early access to beta that uh, that just got uploaded today. So. I mean, maybe they're trying to move people towards another big release of this game to, to push it ah. more and, and bring in more fans. Um, it'd be interesting. I mean, they've, they've put in a lot of work there. It's a, it's a good-looking game. It's a fun game. It's fast-paced. Um, it's a $20 game, which is not a lot of money. Uh, but, you know, in the, in the realm of VR, it's kind of a, a mid-priced game. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they are fighting with a lot of other games to try to win those $20 over. Uh, but I think the developer, which I think is uh, one Hamsa, has has done a has done a really good job of creating what is a good game and it, what is a markable game. It's just whether it captures the uh, the attention and the imagination of the players, um, and that we we can't guarantee. Yep. I mean, one thing that this reminds me of is the difference. So when you were talking about physics, uh, Rec Room has a pad. I forget what they call. It. I think it's called paddle ball, but they have a paddle ball game. It's basically you're sitting in what looks like a batting cage, right. and there's it's you versus an opponent, and you're doing something very similar. You're just shooting 
or you're trying to hit your your ball into the other per- opponent's goal. And the physics of that, at least the last time I played it, which was granted a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. was just so bad. Right. Like you'd swing, you'd swing your racket, and it felt like it was hitting after you'd already passed, you know, six inches, twelve inches beyond the ball. And it would go, the speeds didn't match with your racket swing. And it was basically unplayable for me. Versus this, where they have a right, and it, it seems to work exactly right, way more enjoyable. Yeah, if you're playing that game, that uh, the one in Rec Room, against someone who is uh, who has played it before, then it's almost like a, just a rotator cuff tear simulator. Uh, because you're just trying, <laughs> right. to, you're just trying to, to serve it so fast that they, they can't react fast enough. And it, right. it makes for a really unsatisfying uh, game experience. It's not; it's definitely not a standout portion of Rec Room, unless they've changed it very recently, and I haven't played it uh, since then. It was something that, like, the amount of time it takes to get into the into the match and match with someone and start playing it did not match up to the fun that you're getting out of it. No, and, and, the, and the arm injury, shoulder injury that you're going to <laughs> incur trying this, to win. There's so many times that, like, uh, I swear to God, I hit the ball, but it feels like I have a hole in my racket with that game. And, and <laughs> Rack NX does not have that issue. It's a very accurate game as far as no. I Now, are you, were, were either one of you guys able to, like, get the ball to roll on the arena and hit more than one tile at once? Because uh, you said you play squash, Gwen, so maybe you yeah. have some ball control. I, I, I got wild ball. I, I can't really get anything except the ball will hit the one tile I aim at and come back to me. If I'm lucky, there's so many double entendres. I, I know wild ball, ball control. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes, I, I was able to do that. Um, not that I think it has anything to do with my skill level in squash. I'm actually a terrible squash player. I've just been playing it for a long time. But um, yeah, I did carom. We call it a carom. Yeah, I, I had uh, lots of opportunities to carom, and I got pretty good at it. And that's that's the sign of uh, really good physics is when you can not only hit the ball where you're trying to aim it, but like put the ball in, in you know in the path to actually carry them and balance off things in, in a sort of a predictable way and, and it definitely does that very well yeah that the game would I, I would probably not need as much space if i could uh and i probably wouldn't get tangled as much if i could get the ball to roll uh properly against those tiles <laughs> how big I, i'm actually curious how big are your play spaces um uh, i'm I've got like two meters uh, by like 1.5 meter and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little extra space because I have TV stands so I can reach past the, the TV stand above the TV sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. I, right? I, I've hit them a few times. I think mine is a, about about nine by nine. It's uh, probably maybe more like an 8.2 by nine. I think it, it reads out at a 2.2 something like a high 2.7s or something like that by three in terms of meters. So it's about, it's about eight and a half by nine. Um, so I like to give myself enough room that I can do these, these things and not, not, not limit my opinion of the game to the fact that I have a small play space. Um, although I have a pretty big living room and if I were to relocate my, my stuff into a new location, it may, it may complicate issues. And, uh, I guess we'll see about that. So I've no. had two different place, two two different uh, play spaces. My old apartment um, that I lived in up until about five months ago, and where I live now. In my last apartment, I had, I actually had more space than I could I could use with the uh, with the um, the lighthouses. So it ended up being like essentially the max I could get out of it, which was it was something close to like what twelve feet by it was like twelve feet by fifteen feet or something like right. that. Uh, it was it was pretty big and. And now I'm in, in a much smaller play. Uh, well, the, the play space is much smaller. It's probably about 
eight feet by eight feet or so. Right. And I, I'll tell you, in in my larger space, it was a lot more dangerous because I just didn't think about my chaperone because I didn't uh, approach it very often. So that means when I when I did approach it. I was at a full sprint. <laughs> right, right. Well, Whereas now I'm very aware of, you know, where's my air conditioner, where's my couch, where's my TV. But um, I, I really do, I, I long for the days of having like, you know, a 20 foot by 20 foot space where you really just never reach the ends of your your bounds. I did have more accidents when I, when I, I had my original play space was like 12 by 15. Um, but I, I had to narrow it because I was having too much jitter and uh, I was losing... I was losing controller uh, stuff too much, so I moved my uh, I moved one of uh, one of my uh, lighthouses in a considerable amount so that I would uh, not have that problem anymore. I didn't want to I didn't want to judge people's games based on my shitty lighthouses. So <laughs> um, now we played another uh, sports game or sports type game that uh, doesn't necessarily rely on physics; it relies more on fun. And I'm just wondering if you guys played Knockout League. I did play Knockout League, and Knockout League was a lot of fun. It's it's kind of like a Mike Tyson's punch out uh boxing game. I don't box. I don't know a lot about boxing. I I know uh there was another uh boxing game that you and uh, Travis were talking about and he liked it because it was realistic and and uh I don't know if this game is realistic or not because I don't I don't know a lot about boxing, but it was fun. Um there's four characters in this game and uh you also have the trainer and I liked that the trainer will sit you down and, and you actually go into the ring with the trainer. He's like, all right, now punch and punch. You know, I'm going to hold up my left glove and you punch it. And I'm going to, you know, they, they teach you how to jab and uppercut and they teach you how to dodge. And so it, it had good tracking for that stuff. And, uh, the, uh, the, the, the boxers are all big, goofy looking boxers. Like, uh, the, you know, and they have like special moves and stuff. Yeah, and... there, there's a there, there's silly characters. I mean, there's a uh, there you have a trainer who's I think his, I think his name is Doug, who's who's kind of silly himself. But then the people you're boxing against, there's like an octopus character, and there's like a Amazon character, and there's a pirate for some reason. Um, so it's definitely very Mike Tyson punch outy. Um, so you, you have the feel of being in VR and having the physics of a fight, but it's really just kind of a learning how they use their moves and, and, you know, dodging out of the way. You can't dodge much. It's not a, um, it's not a full, uh, room scale type situation. Uh, you can just sort of, you have a, like a couple of feet of movement area that you can do. And so that kind of takes away the utility of it being a boxing game. It's really just more of an arcade, an arcade game than anything else. Uh, they do have some interesting things in it. They have a speed bag that that is kind of a kind of a cool like has a measuring device, and there's like a calorie counter that that gives you an idea of of how many calories it thinks you've you know you've burned while fighting. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near accurate, but it is kind of interesting that that they have that option. Um, it's kind of a fun game, uh, but I I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that I wouldn't necessarily recommend it at this point in time. It's there aren't that many characters. I think there's only four characters. Uh, it's twenty bucks. Um, there are other boxing games that are available uh, that that I think offer a little bit more. Um, but it does look cool and it is kind of fun to play. It's just not the most realistic game in the world. It's it's just meant to be like sort of a punch out type thing. It does have some achievements. Um, 
it looks good. I mean, it looks cartoony, and they've done a good job of of crafting the characters and stuff. But it wasn't my favorite game. Uh, it's and again, it's twenty dollars. Maybe I don't know what it was on a on this the Steam sale, but um, uh, they, they may have dropped the price a little bit for for a while. Uh, it's by a game called Grab or a game company called Grab Games. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, what was your what was your overall feeling, Brian? Is it is it a game you would want to play, or is it a game that you just played because you had to review it? No, um, I actually picked this up uh, for my own personal library during the Steam sale, and and I do like it. Uh, again, just the same with Racket and X. This is the kind of game that uh, I like to play just because it makes me feel like I'm doing something productive with my gaming time. So, um, yeah, I I did like it. I like I love Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and and it is my only boxing game, so I really have no point of reference um, as far as that goes. But it. It reminded me of the old arcade Mike Tyson's Punch Out, where right. you know you're you're the green uh, wire frame guy boxing, and um, it's hard. So I, I I was not able to knock out the the first my first fight. I I just couldn't knock him out. I, like you, I would knock him down a few times, and then he has like this super punch move, kind of like Soda Pop. Uh, I, don't, I forget what his name is. <laughs> you know, Soda Pop Popinski in, yeah. in Mike, Mike Tyson's yeah. Punch Out, where he, he comes rocking up the way and you got to hit him just right in the jaw and i was able to time it out the first time i fought him uh but he got a lucky hit in on me after that i couldn't figure out the timing so i wasn't able to do it but there there's a lot of stuff to this game that i i liked i did like the training mode with the speed bag and the you know they have the training achievements so you go in and try to do like you know he'll tell you what kind of punch to do and you know they have the hook the uppercut or the jab so you know it's it probably is basic um, because you can't move, but I kind of like that because, again, I, you know, I I don't like to have to stop and untwist myself. <laughs> yeah. So it felt it felt um, kind of more like a like a Nintendo Wii game to me than uh, than a full fledged VR game because of the lack of being able to dodge um, in in the play space. It felt like um, a lot like Punch Out or like maybe a boss battle type thing where you're just watching and trying to get used to. What the uh, what the boss is going to do, so that you could get into his defenses whenever the time comes. I don't particularly like boss battles, so I didn't love that. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like you had fun with it, and yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. Wait. Right. So you mean you can't you can't when you say you can't dodge out of the way of of, uh, of a punch? You know, describe that a little more. You can't like you can't bob and weave. You can. You can, but it's uh, very limited. It's you cannot take advantage of the play uh, space. Bummer. Yeah, you um, can't. You can't step to the side. You have to dodge uh, with your head and your gloves. And, and it, you know, it has blocking too. But uh, you have to get the timing right. Is all for this mm-hmm. for the for the blocking. It's all the time. Dodge. That the sounds like a too. miss to me. That sounds like a miss. You know what I wonder is like how many of these like basically toe to toe fighting games is there going to be room for? You know, there's there's already quite a few of them, right? There's uh, Deuce Vault, which is essentially like that. There is the upcoming Gorn. Uh, there's this game. There's a handful of others. And there's not a whole lot that distinguishes any of these games from each other. So I'm curious, is this like, is this going to be a uh, sort of a type of game that there's going to be like really great games in the future? Or is it basically one game's going to get it right and then everything else is basically details? That's what I think is going to happen. And, and I was concerned that they're going to come out with like a you know, a, a large manufacturer like an EA or an Ubisoft or something like that is going to come up with a boxing game, and it's going to make it's going to render everything else irrelevant. 
Um, yeah. Now, I was originally initially really hard on uh, the thrill of the fight, which is the uh, the game that Brian was referencing, which is a ten dollar game. When it came out on the Vive, it was kind of ugly, and there wasn't much you could do in it. And um, I mean, it got the boxing correct, but it wasn't it wasn't a good game. So at that time, I was like, man, I don't know about spending ten dollars for this game. But that that developer, uh, which is let me look, which is Ian Fitz. Um, kept working and kept working, kept working, kept developing the game, and it became one of our favorite games. Uh, Travis loves Thrill of the Fight. Um, I don't love boxing as much as he does, but it, it is uh, a more of a real kind of boxing game that you can move around and take advantage of the, the play space and stuff like that. So if, you, if, you're, if you're into that sort of thing, you may want to try Thrill of the Fight and see what you think. Um, but... If you're just you just want to have a silly like fun punching an octopus game, then uh, then you have another option with um, uh, Knockout League. So do you see punching an, oc- an octopus? <laughs> is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah one one of the it. characters is an octopus, and he's got. Ah, I thought that was a saying. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a you. You know, like punching an oct- hey. octopus. Hey, yeah, guys, I gotta weird. I gotta get I got some punching the octopus to take care of tonight. <laughs> I got some octopi to punch. <laughs> um. I think uh, I think uh, they they both have their uh, they both have their pluses, but I think you're right. There's going to be somebody that comes out with a killer one, and it might be Thrill of the Fight, or maybe uh, probably won't be Knockout League because of the arcade style of it. But there's going to be somebody that makes one that uh, that just renders the other ones kind of uh, mildly irrelevant. But I think for me, if it's a boxing game, you have to be able to move around in the, the in the room space. That's like the the reason why you have the room scale in the first place. Um, so you can take advantage of that type of thing. And if the characters don't move correctly or the physics isn't right in the room, in the room scale in that space, then it's not going to be a game worth buying. But if they nail all that stuff, then I want to support that developer and, and keep, keep working with them because uh, that's, that's what we're all looking for. Right. Now, what's, uh, there was a game that you wanted to talk about, uh, Brian. It's a really big one. I don't think Quinn tried it yet, but I was looking forward to it hugely, and that is uh, The Mage's Tale by InXile. It's a $40 game that is an Oculus exclusive that can be played using Revive on the Vive. It is not available on the PSVR. What did you think of The Mage's Tale, Brian? I love it. It's If, uh, if we were still doing uh, Game of the Show... This would be my game of the show. In fact, it's my game of the show, and we'll just do it this this time. <laughs> um, the Mage's Tale Back. is a dungeon crawler, and in in when I was looking into this game, it looks like it's a successor to one of the Bard's Tale games. Is it's that not, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a success. It's a direct successor, though. It's the same development development team that, or the same development organization that developed the Bard's Tale games initially. So when it's called The Mage's Tale, they are directly reaching back into history. So if you're old as hell like I am, and you actually played The Bard's Tale when it was in the old days, uh, then you can jump right into this and, and feel like you're, you know, you're doing the next generation of it. Um, I was looking forward to it hugely as well, and, uh, and I, I wasn't let down. What, what, what did you like about it? Well, it... It's it fills a niche for me. I'm a big RPG nerd, and uh, this game th- there's not a lot of good story-driven RPG games. And 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 even to step back a second, there's not a- enough good story-driven games in virtual reality, in my opinion. There are a few here and there, some gems. Nothing is really polished, but uh, the Mage's Tale has a ton of polish. The graphics look great. Um, you know, it's got voice acting that I like to. 
I heard some people said that the voice acting was a little bit out of sync, and you know I'm willing to deal with that because they did they did a really good job with the models. Um, it, I, it's it's full of puzzles, you know, and the puzzles they're not like the simple puzzles all the time. They they have a mix of simple puzzles and you know some some more difficult puzzles. And uh, the 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 one of the coolest things about this game is the mechanic uh, where you get to make your own spells. So like you find like you'll find a, a a potion. So like oh you found the uh, thunder bottle and you can go yeah you can go back to your like thunder essence. So you go you raise your arms above your head, which teleports you back to your workshop at any time in the game, and you can go to your little spell pot and uh, you throw the you know you you pick up the thunder bottle you dump the thunder essence into your little like witch's cauldron and then you can pick up like a little uh, enhancements I guess they are like one was enhanced so you throw it in and it gives you extra bolts for your thunder they have different colors they have uh, you know I thought I thought that was really cool because you can kind of make your own spells to an extent I mean you know you're gonna have the thunderbolt gives is given by the thunder essence but then you can enhance it or you can like put a bounce on it which I don't think thunder had bounce but the you know they had one that was seeking so my thunderbolts would seek people or bounce, which you know, if you bounced uh, a fireball off the ground and then it hit someone, it would do extra damage. So I thought that was really neat. And um, my only complaint about this game, which I'm willing to overlook because it's awesome, it's not even that it's Oculus only, um, because I'm from the console world where we we deal with exclusive all the time. So that doesn't really, you know, I've gotten used to that, but. My my one complaint about a game like this should be that uh, we should have the option to free walk and not just teleport. That's the one thing that that drove me crazy. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't much like the teleportation in it, but I had a different problem than you had, and maybe it's because my my vibe is a little older than yours. But um, a lot of people have complained about the touchpad controllers being a little iffy for using this type of movement, um, which required you to press forward on the the right touchpad um, in order to in order to to place your spot that you're going to be teleporting to, and I found it to be like kind of a little a little less responsive than I would have liked. Uh, I didn't mm. like that. That was really the only thing I didn't like about the game, though. I mean, I love the spell casting. You can bring up your spell your your spell your list of spells or your I forget the name for it. They have a name for it, um, but you have you have a bunch of spells, and it's like a three dimensional representation that looks like it's coming out of a pentagram, like a floating pentagram. It all looks very Dr. Strangey. If you've uh, seen the Dr. Strange movie when they're, when they're doing shields and they're casting spells, they're waving their arms and like a pentagram will come in front of them or, or uh, you know, like a circular uh, representation. So when this game starts out, you see them doing like hardcore magic and it very much looks like uh, them, them casting from Dr. Strange or whatever. Um, I, I liked I liked the voice acting. I liked the the puzzles. I liked the fact that you ha- you could cast different kinds of spells. I haven't gotten through the game yet because it's a long game, which is mm-hmm. another which is another benefit if you're going to spend forty dollars for a game like this. You're not only getting the best, in my opinion, the best spell casting game, the best dungeon crawling game, um, the best looking and sounding game as far as music and and uh, uh, the music and voice acting and story. Um, but you're also getting a game that's long that you can play for, for, you know, six to 10 hours. I don't know exactly what the, the rundown is, but 
Uh, I haven't beat it yet, so it, it, it must be at least that. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a, a must-buy if you're a fan of RPGs. It's exactly what you've been waiting for if you're a, an RPG VR nerd, um, which there are plenty of those. And I, I really don't have a lot negative to say about it. I know there were people that are playing it on Revive that had some problems with it, um, with, with performance. Um, yes. If you, if, you jump on the, if you jump on the Reddit, on the, the Reddit form for Vive users, and just search, you can find different settings that you can, you, you can set. And it's, um, what is it? It's the reprojection. It's a reprojection yeah. setting that you have to futz with a little bit in order to get the, the, smooth, the smooth movement. I am not having any problem with that, so I don't know if it's a setting that I changed for another game in the past that's allowing me to, to still have the smooth movement. Um, but I have a 1070 and I have kind of, I have an older PC, um, maybe three years old, uh, and I think 16 gigs of RAM. So, um, I, I was happy to find that, that my, my performance wasn't bad, even using Revive. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is a real, it's a real hit. And Gwen, I know you haven't played, I, I don't think you've played this yet, but I think you should no, definitely I haven't. I've actually seen some gameplay, but I have not played it. Yeah, it's, it's a real good game. Uh, and it's nice to know that there are like, Really dedicated developers that come from a real develop, real developing uh, history that are saying, no, no, we're we're working in VR because we believe in VR. We think this is a thing that's going to take off, rather than just kind of newbie developers that that are excited by the you know by the the, te- the technology. Um, these are people who are putting their money where their mouth is, and and that's really really nice to see. Um, right. now Having there is... seen the gameplay, I have to say you're right. It's absolutely just the polish on this is is incredible. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, they they have got big God of War like statues and and like fully featured characters and whatnot. There's a little jerk that follows you around and yells at you that uh, <laughs> <laughs> he floats around and whatnot. Um, it's a really good game. I I was super pleased with the Mage's Tale. I can't really recommend it high enough. Um, I think you know it's a tougher buy if you're a Revive player and you're not sure if the performance is going to be up to par. And you you don't know if you're going to be able to return the game if it doesn't if it doesn't work out well for you or if they shut it down through revive. I, this actually makes me realize that we didn't even talk about one of the most interesting news stories the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys heard that uh, that uh, Palmer Lucky, the uh, the old the, the right. founder of uh, of Oculus, Oculus is, huh? is giving money on a monthly basis to the to the to the founders of Revive or to, to the revive, pro- developers yeah. of Revive, and that might just be like a, a little bit of um, uh, what is it? It's like t- it's like ten thousand. It's like ten or no, twenty thousand dollars a month. Oh, is it two thousand dollars a month? month. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a couple he grand is a loaded. Month. So that's a fucking really a comma for or a decimal point for him. But he yeah. Got, yeah, I was he, amazed by that. He had gotten into some some shit early on um, because he had initially said that there weren't there weren't there weren't going to be any limitations on stuff like revive. And then, and then for a short period of time, there was they they shut out the code that would allow you to use Revive, and people mm-hmm. on the forums just tore him up, up and down, saying like he's a liar and stuff. So I think mm-hmm. this may be a little bit of a defensive posture to say, hey, look, guys, this wasn't me. That wasn't my plan. That was, you know, that was Facebook people that right. that, that right. wanted to do that. And you know, good for him though. I mean, he's a he's a, an evangelist. He's probably also got a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, repairing his own image Deal. to do yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because this felt very much like a Bill Gates move, right? Where he spends the first 20 years of his career just like, destroying all the other platforms. And as soon as he, he's wealthy enough, he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a, a good Samaritan. And, 
I'm gonna get but, rid of the mosquitoes. Exactly. But yeah, I, I, I did appreciate that that move. I think Revive. Uh, it what also impressed me is that Valve has sent um, the developer of Revive uh, some Oculus, not Oculus, uh, the new Knuckles controllers. So nice. it sounds like the community as a whole, at least the the decision makers, are really su- suggesting that look, Revive, we should all be able to play all these games. And so mm-hmm. there's corporate interests that are still getting in the way of that, but the the real you know the people behind uh, the whole technology and, and the future of this of this uh, technology, I think, are really suggesting that look, we should all be able to play these, and, and let's let's put our money where where our mouth is. Yeah. Right. If if VR is going to survive, it needs to become a display device, not a yeah. console or not a platform. It just needs to be a hey, this game can be displayed on any on virtual reality, and when you have any headset, then play it. You know, it, it's it's a little more complicated than that because of the inputs, like you know, the 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 valve lighthouses and all that stuff tracking once we get inside out tracking i think that will be a uh, a reality like you know where everything's just contained on the headset and it has like the leap technology where it can see your hands in front of you and knows what they're doing or gloves or something uh then we'll be there but I, you for know now, i'm not i'm not that excited about inside out i know a lot of people are but i just think i think that's something that's going to make the technology that's going to burden the technology rather than help the technology I don't think it's going to make it better. I think it's going to make it worse. And I'm, I'm concerned that when you offer up that kind of limitation, um, then then you're, you're setting yourself up for a fall. And, you know, I could be completely wrong. I mean, maybe the inside-out stuff turns out way better than I think it's going to be. But I'm really concerned that it's going to be something that becomes a limitation. Like, uh, people are just like, well, it's cheaper, it's easier, this is how we're going to do it. And and then you're going to lose some performance, or you're going to lose some ability to really get right. the, the the real feel that you need out of VR. And if we do that, that's a problem. I mean, like uh, everyone right. loved Wii for like you know ten minutes. Everyone loved Wii. It was the the best selling console, the the most successful console in history. And then no one liked it because they were like, "There's too many limitations." And mm. um, you know, some would say that the lighthouses themselves are a limitation. But I think having lighthouses and dedicating that space, then you can build within that space. Going inside out, to me, it's going to be something that the manufacturers are like, how can we make this cheaper? How can we make this smaller? And they're not going to be focused on making the performance better so much as making it something that is more marketable. And I don't like marketable when it comes to, you know, building technology. I like, you know, better. So Yeah, I mean... I don't know what the right solution would be, but the I, I want to see a, sometime in the future where you can get a headset based on its tech, uh, like based on the technology it contains. Like, oh, this has a nicer screen. I want to get it now and use it with your current setup. So maybe it has to be, um, uh, maybe we need to standardize like the Lighthouse technology should just be the standard VR input or some other technology like, you know, maybe it needs to be like a DVD or Blu-ray was, where it's like, oh, here's the technology, you guys can all use it. Um, this is the standard, and we're going to move forward, and now LG can make their awesome new headset that has, you know, a nicer screen or the better sub-pixel layout or whatever they want to do, lighter, whatever. And and then, you know, here comes HTC with their new machine, uh, and I can choose, you know, a part that... I can choose something to upgrade, just like my monitor. Like, oh, I want a 14 of, of you know, the 24-4 uh, 
or the 14K or whatever it is. Not 4K, but the 1440p. That's the monitor I bought. I upgraded my monitor when I saw those monitors. I'm like, that's cool. I'm going to get it. I didn't have to, you know, get a whole new computer to use my new monitor. I didn't have to go and get a new set of games to play on my monitor. I just bought the monitor when it was out and the technology suited me. Right. And that's what I want to see VR. And that's what it's going to take for VR to become mainstream. Right. Well, yeah, it's a modular approach, right? Where you can upgrade your screen, you can upgrade your tracking, you can upgrade your your devices, right. things like that. Which yeah. is what Valve is doing. So hopefully Valve will get their uh, their lighthouse technology uh, standardized. You know, maybe someday Oculus will be using that technology. Well, yeah, we'll see. I do remember the days of uh, when Blu-ray became the new standard. There was a competing technology. I actually can't remember the name. HD, of it. I think DVD. It was like HD DVD, right? I yeah, got stacks of them in the other room. I've got an HDTV player yeah. for the uh, for the Xbox 360. <laughs> this has played out multiple times over over time, right? Like the Laserdisc sure. versus, uh, well, well, VHS versus, versus Beta. Beta. And, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, and sometimes the worst technology wins. That's what happened with VHS. It was more marketable, and it won. Well, but it was the worst technology. I guess v- you guys probably all know, but you guys know why uh, VHS took over, right? Because of porn. Adult-themed content. So to whatever VR uh, set porn gravitates to will be the ultimate winner. (laughs) I I think what scared me the most is I heard a discussion with the Microsoft people when they were talking about their version of VR and how they want to use controllers that have uh, controllers and headsets that use inside out. And they were talking about all the calculations they're going to do to figure out where your hands are, where... When, when it can't, can't actually see your hands and how the calculations mm. were going to take place and all that. And I'm like, fuck that noise. Just have something that can actually see your hands. It's, it's, we have that technology. Let's just do that instead of trying to reinvent the wheel in that way. Like I used to work in visual effects and we did, um, uh, we did uh, 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 like full body scanning and, and uh, all, of, all of the stuff that goes into the visual effects world. We didn't try to figure out how to fake it. We are like, no, we need Andy Serkis in a suit. That's how we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> because we want to get the actual movements. We don't want to predict the movements so much as getting the actual movements. Because that's what makes it, that, that's what adds the real, you know. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, let's see. Should we, talk about, should we talk about Dead Effect 2? I, oh, yeah. I haven't played no? Dead Effect 2, so I think you guys you can... hold you, off on that for next time? or We can hold off on it for next time, I think. Um, you, you need to play it. It's really good. It's it another is. story-driven <laughs> game. So yeah. it's it's another one that's a... a you know, it's, it, I would say Mage's Tale will beat it out yeah. um, for, for me because I'm an RPG guy and I've been waiting for a game that... You know, Mage's Tale, you build your own spells. You're you're running around casting spells. You're actually throwing fireballs when you want to throw a fireball. You hold the trigger and throw your fireball in the direction you want. And, uh, you know, you level up your guy. You, uh, you know, every time you level up, you can choose a new upgrade. So, like, you get two. Um, do you want to take the gloves and give you plus two health, or do you want to take the super shield? So when you put both your shields together, it makes a big shield. You know, you choose, and then that one will be waiting for you. So I chose the gloves. So the next time I leveled up, the super shield was there with like, you know, a 20% charge rate on my spells, something like that. And, you know, so that's, that's awesome. But yeah, it's kind of, that effect is, is a good game. So you, you should definitely play it. Um, and we All can right, talk well, let's, about let's it. Let's hold off yeah, on we'll that one. We'll, we'll talk about it next time. Um, I think I'm almost done for this episode. I, I, I gotta, I gotta run. Um, but 
Did you, did you guys play Drone Hero? Yes. That's something we might be able to talk about kind of quickly. Um, I like Drone Hero. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a $13 game by Newston AB, which is a, um, which is a Vive game that I think is also play, playable on Oculus, but I'll check that. Uh, Brian, why don't you tell us what you think about Drone Hero? Okay, so first let me let me start off by saying I uh, we don't call them drones where I live. We call them quadcopters, but we'll we'll excuse <laughs> it since the popular term is drone. Now I'm a I'm a enthusiast to an extent. I don't have like a five hundred dollar drone set up at home, um, but I do have uh you know a two hundred dollar quad and and I go fly it with the kids. It's got a camera and stuff. Now drone hero is cool because the physics are what you would expect if you're actually flying a drone. It doesn't really hover very well, which is true of real... Uh... So describe it a little bit. So I have not even seen it. Okay, so the it's it's a quadcopter. It's like a mini quadcopter, like one that you would buy at, uh, you know, Walmart or something, is what I... Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's a mini one. Um, And you use one controller, and basically your your controller, like, if you hold your controller out in front of you, and you push it forward, then the drone will rotate just like it's your controller. So you can rotate it forward, backwards, side to side, and then you pull the trigger, and the trigger will make the drone... Uh, it, it'll, it's your power button, basically, for the uh, blades. Yeah, the, so it'll, the, the trigger it'll... engages, engages your, your chopper blades, so if right. you hold it in a little bit, you'll hover, and then you can do the pitch and yawn stuff with the... Uh, with the controller. So you basically hold it out, and if you tilt it a little to the left, it flies a little to the left. You tilt it to the right, it flies to the right. You tilt it forward, it dives, or no, it moves forward. Not necessarily dives, but it does move forward. And if you tilt it back, it flies back. And the majority of the game revolves around having a bunch of obstacles that you have to you have to grab these, I don't know, not coins, but um, these... Uh, uh, just floating balloons. Yeah, They're like balloon target things. Right, floating balloons, and and there are a number of obstacles that that get in your way, whether they be like lasers or missiles that launch at you. And the missiles are a lot of fun, really, or or bombs that surround the thing that you have to get to. So you have to get really touchy with how you control flying into it. Um, so like once the missiles shoot, they're like missile, com- they're like missile command style missiles that are that are tracking you. And so you can sort of dodge them and fly around them and that sort of thing. Um, but it's this is like a cell phone style um, go to the next level type game where you get a number of stars for how many points you get. And the number of points are determined by how long it takes you to get each of these balloons. So if a balloon pops up, uh, the maximum points you can get is 500 or whatever if you get it like immediately. But if you wait and it takes you forever to get it, you only get 80 points. And, you know, right. and in between. There's a, it's a second countdown. So when the balloon pops up, you have five seconds, then four, and then you'll get 400 points if you hit it in the four second, or three, 300 Ooh. points, two, 200 points, one, 100 points, or 80. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a fun game. It's, it's pretty basic. It's another one of those games that, uh, uh, I totally aced. I got, I got, uh, I made it up into like the, uh, the high teens on the leaderboard before I had to stop, but I, I thought it was fun, and um, it did remind me of of flying a quadcopter. Wow, and they've so got the physics one hundred percent on this. Except have you guys for, played, would you say have you played Zortex? What's that? Have you guys played? Have you guys played Zortex, which is the mini game in in the lab? Um... Yes, I think so. The the one where you're like you're 
you're holding the spaceship and you're oh, flying yes. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it that. is it reminiscent of of Zoratex? No, no, because no. that's so in a small sense, but only in the fact that you're you're flying a little miniature uh, okay. air air vehicle around. It's 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 not really like that in the any other sense. Yeah, I'll you're just actually say no, flying because because Zoratex, you're you're you've got a one to one between your controller and the 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 ship. So, you know, you're, you're using your controller to dodge around this stuff. This, you're using your controller to control the, the ship, well, I, but it's not, it's not a one-to-one thing. So if it. you tilt the controller a little to the left, then you have to compensate by tilting it a little to the right. Um, you can't just, like, yank it to the, to the right or something like that. Um, so it's definitely more physics-related. That, that, that game is very arcadey, and that's a lot of fun, that game. That's one of those bullet hell games, I guess. Um, it is a ball. Yeah, this game is is more just like a physics, uh, a physics. It's not a puzzle game necessarily. Um, it's just a physics arcade game where you're you're. It's an obstacle course. It, it, you're flying the door, the drone through the obstacle course, going for the high score. Yeah, that makes sense. And apparently, you're a drone hero, from what I hear. You've you've <laughs> all the way up on the uh, on the leaderboard. Yeah. Well, um, Nerd. The, the, the real. The real secret here is that the leaderboards just give you, like, your total accrued points is what you get. So anybody can make it to the top just by playing and playing and playing. So if if you want to be on the top of the leaderboards, all you got to do is get this game and just keep going. Even if you suck, you can get to the the top with enough time. Oh, it's gonna take you forever. To, if you suck, if you're getting eighty points instead of five hundred for those balloons, it's it's gonna take you forever. So don't don't sell yourself short, Brian. Um, it's, so, it's a fun game though. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's uh it's twelve bucks, which you know you may argue is a little much depending on whether or thirteen bucks depending on whether this is your 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 type of game or not but it's really well put together it's got really like cool like techno music that plays in the background i don't know yeah. how many songs there are um i, I, I think there i think there's only two there might be three but I, I i was digging those songs too yeah i mean it, it's it's got good music it's very very colorful and and um i i was expecting that the uh that the areas that you're going to be in with the obstacles would be much larger um, than what uh, than what they turned out to be in the game. Um, yeah, but it's uh, about a sixteen foot by sixteen foot room, and and it's got like it's it's cool because it has a bunch of lights, like kind of LED lights on the walls, and they're kind of flashing and just going. And you got the techno. It almost feels like it's the type of thing that like, oh hey, I'm gonna go to a rave with my uh, quadcopter and set up an <laughs> obstacle course and charge these kids. You know, ten bucks a ten bucks a pop. They're gonna come in, listen to two songs, and fly the drone in this awesome little lighted room with lasers and stuff. One thing That's kind of the vibe I got. One thing I really did like about the game, though, and that you're totally right about that. This is a total nerd rave thing, uh, which is suitable because right now we have Rooster, Rooster Teeth Expo going on in Austin this weekend, and uh, and they have their own rave. So it's like nerd rave is on my brain right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but. Uh, uh, the one thing that I did like about this is when you get hit by the lasers, or you get hit by the missiles or something, your quadcopter just like crashes and burns, but you don't lose a life or have to start all over the mission. You just kind of lose the points for that balloon. So yeah. I, I like that element of it, that, that it is forgivable. Um, we've played a lot of VR games that are that when you when you die, you got to start the mission over or the, the level over, or even the game over. And it's like hop along, <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> Which we loved. We liked that game. It was fun. 
It was uh, a great game. God damn it. <laughs> but I, I realized Save points. I, I, Learn I, them, love them, use them. <laughs> but I loved I, – I, I enjoyed Drone Hero. Um, whether it's worth $13 here or not, I think is going to be your call. Um, but I enjoyed playing it, and I think it's a good game for kids. It does feel a little cell phone-y. But um, but it looks good, sounds good. They do, they've done a good job of creating that experience. It doesn't feel fake or false or you know bad. So you know it's a good game. Um, I think with that, I'm, I'm going to call it for the evening. And and we're, we've got a lot of games to talk about next time. But we did yep. take a week off uh, for you know all 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 America's Day uh, or whatever it's called. And, uh, so it's been nice talking to you guys again. I look forward to playing a bunch of games before next time. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we sign off? Nope. Uh, Nope. Not a whole lot. We'll see you in Echo Arena. All right. Right. Before the, uh, before the access beta is done, the open access beta. As usual, if you want to hit us up, then uh, you can find us on Facebook at VR Gamers Podcast or on Reddit at the same thing. Uh, you can email us at vrgamerspodcast at gmail.com if you want us to look at your game or you don't like what we said about your game or whatever your problem might be. Um, if you have any questions, let us know there. Why do you assume they have a problem? Maybe they just want to say thanks. I check the emails. That's, how, that's why I say that. <laughs> um, but uh, we look forward to talking to you again next time. And, and until then, enjoy, enjoy your games. See you guys soon, buddy.